Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. Welcome to The Sale Ring. All right, All we're right. back. Yeah, here we are. We've got a great show. This one is going to be interesting. It's a new topic that mm -hmm. we haven't talked about uh, on a previous podcast. Correct. And we, uh, we found a subject matter expert to, uh, to kind of guide us through this. So, uh, Mr. Dan Barrett. Dan, are you on the line? I am right here. How are you guys? We're great. We're doing awesome. So Dan is the founder uh, of a company called AdWords Nerds, and uh, we're going to talk about Google AdWords. We'll talk yeah. talk about um, a lot of stuff that can help drive leads. And uh, Dan, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, since you're new to the show and this is going to be an interesting kind of a new topic, would you mind uh, just kind of introing yourself or talk a little bit about uh, Dan Barrett? who he is, how you got started in this, and uh, we'll we'll dive in. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I'm super pumped to be here. Uh, yeah, so Daniel Barrett, uh, or Dan Barrett, I should, I should say. Uh, yeah, so the company is AdWords Nerds. We basically help real estate professionals find motivated seller leads online. I've been doing that and only that for about a decade now. Oh. Um, and my, my kind of Entry into the industry was a little weird. I, I was originally training to be a teacher. Um, so I'm certified to teach history. I have a master's degree in education and all that uh, lovely stuff. And at some point I was teaching and wanted to make some extra cash so I could get married. I was engaged at the time and weddings are a little expensive. So I started freelancing just on the side using some online marketing skills that I developed in college, you know, I was doing a bunch of stuff for local businesses, and I realized about a year in that I was making more freelancing than I was teaching. Wow. And so yeah. I just kind of made the jump at that point and, uh, you know, learned a lot, had, you know, some success, but I really didn't start to gain traction until I decided to focus on real estate. I actually... Um, you know, I knew early that I wanted to be the best at something, but I'm pretty self-aware and, you know, I'm, I like to think that I'm a smart guy, but I'm no Einstein, right? I'm not going to just be the best at everything. I knew I wanted to focus on something so that I could really learn it and ended up uh, throwing $10,000 on a credit card to go down to like a Tony Robbins business seminar. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is the forcing function. I'm going to spend this money. Tony Robbins is going to tell me what I need to what I need to focus on for my business. I ended up sitting. I sat all the way in the back because I, I didn't really know anything about Tony Robbins other than he made people dance, and I was like, I do not dance. I'm going to sit all the way in the back. He won't pick up me or whatever. And I ended up sitting next to four real estate investors, and uh, you know they're asking me about what I do, and I was like, well, you know, I get leads online. And I'm looking to find a focus for my business. And they were like, well, hey, well, you should do real estate. Because people in real estate always need leads. Yeah. And every lead is worth a really, you know, potentially very high amount of money, depending on the kind of deal you're looking at. So I said, that's it. I'm going to do real estate. And basically, since then, that has been all I have done uh, ever since. And it's been a, a really rewarding and wild ride. It's, it's been amazing and interesting in all sorts of uh, unexpected ways. So yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. I love what I do and it's a lot of fun. So the company AdWord Nerds, you're, you're generating leads or teaching people how to generate leads, one of the two, um, mm -hmm. and leveraging, obviously, AdWords. Mm -hmm. And it, is it fair to say, because I'm, I'm somewhat of a novice in this, so uh, is it fair to say um, pay-per-click, is that similar to AdWords or am I using the right terminology? Yeah, it's it's a uh, pay-per-click. You can kind of think of it as just the name for a general type of marketing, right? So any system where you are going to pay when someone clicks on the ad and not before, that is a pay-per-click marketing channel. And so in this context, Google ads would be a pay-per-click marketing channel. Facebook ads is, face, is a pay-per-click marketing channel. Bing has pay-per-click ads and so on. So 
in our business specifically, we do Google ads. We also do Facebook ads. We do Microsoft ads or Bing ads. Um, you know, we also do things like search engine optimization, mm -hmm. so SEO that's not pay-per-click because you are not paying whenever someone clicks your thing, right? So yeah, pay-per-click is just like kind of the umbrella term for a lot of these different systems. You know, TikTok falls in that uh, category. And the, uh, you know, the benefit usually of pay-per-click is you get started very quickly. You put some money in, you can get your ads up and running, you know, the next day. And if no one clicks on them, you don't pay anything. Yeah. Right? That tends to be the benefit. So it's all dependent yeah, it's, it's on a, that, a, yeah. Yes. It, it's a very, a very, you know, I would say it's a, it's a very um, interesting marketing channel in the sense that it provides a lot of objective data and it's very fast. And so if you have kind of this, mindset where you like to get into the numbers and you like to know you know what's going on when you like that analytical side of marketing it's a really amazing marketing channel for that um, because how are, it allows you to really dig in how are you keeping track of that how do you analyze that data as it comes back in oh man oh man you're asking the best <laughs> kind of question let me tell you so you know all these systems provide a lot of data within the context of the system itself right like let's just take google ads because that's my baby. You know, mm -hmm. that's my jam. That's the thing that I personally love the most. I always say, like, Google was designed by engineers, and it looks like it, right? If you open up your Google Ads account, generally it looks like a spreadsheet. You've got yeah. a whole bunch of different numbers you can choose to look at. I am a big uh, Google spreadsheet kind of person. I love to pull data into Google Sheets and do my own analyses on that kind of data. Um, and particularly, I think, with us, something that makes – Something that makes me very different, the company very different from other agencies is I do not look to online marketers to get business ideas or strategies or tactics. That's never been a thing that I've done a lot of. And mostly because I have long believed that if you are using a strategy that everyone else is using, those strategies largely cancel each other out. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you you can't have an advantage that your competitor also has by by definition, an advantage is something they don't have. And so I have long been the kind of person that's like, well, I'm going to look in different industries or different eras and see what worked then. So for me, my primary sort of lens that I look at uh, on my marketing through is the theory of constraints. The theory of constraints was. Uh, you know, coined by uh, Dr. Eli Goldrat. He was an Israeli physicist, came over to the United States in the 70s, started working in that kind of golden age of product and uh, process improvement, the kind of same era that you had W. Edwards Deming uh, doing statistical process control, and you had uh, the people doing lean and what, what became Six Sigma and these kind of like mm -hmm. sort of corporate process improvement methodologies we have today. Well, Goldratt's kind of big insight was for any given system, there's only one way to improve it at any given time. And that's by alleviating what he called the constraint, right? He would use the metaphor of a chain. You can strengthen every single link in the chain, but if you don't strengthen the weakest link, the chain is not any stronger. It will it's still going to break. break. Yeah. yeah. Place, right. And there's only one place you can improve it. And mm -hmm. that's the weakest link. So for us, what we, you know, when I work with people to train them, or even I train my own team, it's always what is the constraint? The Google Ads account is a system like any other. There is a constraint, a point at which the flow of money through that system is most constrained, and we focus in there. So this is kind of a long way of saying, you know, there's all this stuff about Google ads and online marketing. There's so much stuff you can learn in reality, right? It is primarily about understanding what pieces of information are important at any given moment and how to understand the sort of change in that metric over time, right? So there's a lot of math. There's a lot of statistics, all that stuff. I, I think we tend to get lost in the online part of it. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's more about under, understanding how complex systems work, which is kind of why I get excited about it. It's what I, what I find interesting about the channel in general. A bit of a rambling answer, but... No, we can um, tell you're excited it, about it. <laughs> we like yes. it. Long story short, I like a good spreadsheet. I like a good chart. Uh, that, that's how I tend to look at it. But yeah, the, the question of what do you look at and why is, I think, the salient question 
of this kind of work. So that that's a deep well to, to dive into <laughs> if you want to. Well, it's, it, it's always been very difficult to figure ROI, you know, in, in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the return on that investment, and, and and sometimes it's not just an immediate return or or you know immediate uh, response from that ad. Mm-hmm. It can have residual effects. But pay per click campaigns, they they seem to me like while they're in front of you and you have an opportunity, either click on it or not click on it. That is more of a kind of an immediate ref- uh, um, response. Yeah. Yes. It's happening right now. And then if a button disappears off of a page, you know, if it's no longer available, then you're probably not going to get a response. People are, you know, they're not going to remember it or they don't know how to access it or don't remember the name to it. But so it's it's like a light switch. It's either on or off, right? Unlike yes. sending out postcards and, and not knowing that somebody stuck a postcard in a file and they've kept it for six months or a year and they pull it mm-hmm. out and they look at it. So those can have a, they have a longer shelf life. And that's the reason why I was, uh, uh, I guess I always migrate to how, how do you measure success on, on these things? And this one, it seems to me like it would be somewhat easier, mm-hmm. um, to measure at least dollars in and dollars out as we spent this much money and we got this many clicks, but then out of the clicks, you know, how many times did they hit your email? How many times did the phone ring? And Mm -hmm. you know, what was the desired effect from that activity? Yeah. I think the thing that has long drawn me to online marketing is that sense of clarity that you can get from data, right? You can, for example, like you're saying, I can see, okay, I ran this ad, 10 people clicked on it, 100 people saw it, one person became a lead, right? Yeah. So that gives me, a, you know, 100 in the, the lingo of the channel, 100 impressions, a 10% click-through rate, a 1% conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can calculate, well, how many of those people went to an appointment? How many of those people closed of those closes? How many of those contracts was I able to then offload and, and sort of deal with and what profit did I make from it, right? But those are all things I can tell. Yeah. I think in some ways the challenge is, is uh, you know, there are still challenges with attribution that's always going to be an issue. It's, it's all easy to lose track of leads and all that stuff. But I think that largely the issue becomes not so much that you don't have the data and you wish you had it. The challenge becomes I have many different pieces of data and how do I know what is important in this particular yeah. instance, right? And that's um, the, the, the reason that question I, I find so interesting is that it's kind of a microcosm of business in general and really life in general, right? I mean, there are a million different ways to measure any given event. Not all of those ways are useful. And in fact, some of those ways in which we measure things can be really actively bad for us, right? That we can we can create a metric that actually disincentivizes our employees to do the thing that we want them to do, right? I think there's a it's Goodhart's law that whenever a metric become or whenever a, a measurement becomes a goal, it becomes a bad measurement, right? Because we as humans tend to try to rig the game and mm-hmm. we try to you know, manipulate school test scores or whatever in order to meet our own needs. And so, you know, I find this kind of, I am notorious for going very philosophical very quickly. Like if you (laughs) ask me a question about ads, I'm like, yes, but what would Plato have said about these ads? (laughs) That's the history teacher in you right there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Absolutely. But, you know, I think it is, it's also one of my, I think one of my core beliefs about, you know, true Google ads was true about business is that um, you dig a little bit into anything and you're going to find an incredible amount of complexity, yeah. right? Yeah. And there are, uh, uh, there's so much knowledge in the kind of, uh, you know, our human societal corpus here that we can dig into to apply. And I think by limiting ourselves to just, well, this is online marketing. I'm only going to learn from online marketing people. I think we we really limit ourselves. So it's true in business, it's true in life. You want to look in as many different places as possible. Um, but yeah, the d- data is uh, incredibly valuable. It can also be a double-edged sword if you're not careful. But um, it is ultimately what, what lets us do what we do. 
Well, it's uh, it's refreshing to hear you talk about that, especially where you can you can create metrics sometimes that mm-hmm. disincentivize people because just pure data, you know. And if you look at it with a fresh set of eyes and and you actually don't try to read a lot into it, but just um, just take that data and distill it down and say, I did this and this was, this happened. And this was, you know, either a a desirable or undesirable effect, but this is the response Mm -hmm. I got. Then you can start ratcheting it up in dollars and say, I, I like that. I I liked what just happened. Maybe I sampled it or, you know, a little beta test. Um, We, we spent $500 or a thousand dollars on this. And, and we had, it produced X amount of leads and out of those leads, you know, we closed X amount of transactions. You can start applying firm metrics to, well, what is the acquisition cost of that lead? And what is, you know, what's that, what's it cost per transaction? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then lean into it if it's working. I do want to back up just a little bit, Dan, you mentioned, uh, earlier about um, AdWords and, and pay-per-click campaigns, and you do those um, a, a lot of times, I would assume, on search engines like Google. You mentioned that you have uh, tried or you still work with uh, Yahoo. Um, uh, Did you say Yahoo? Yahoo. Uh, <laughs> what's the other one? A Bing that you mentioned Bing. before? Bing yeah. and Facebook. Yeah. Not and, Yahoo. Yeah. I didn't mention Yahoo. You didn't mention <laughs> Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All but, right, uh, so yeah, Bing, any Google, of all these I'm still, I'm still, I'm still working on. Uh, yeah, ask he, Jeeves. he just learned about so. the internet yesterday. So <laughs> I'm still looking for a He's button got that his says AOL email address and everything. Ask Jeeves <laughs> on here. I don't even know yeah. if that's still around. That is hilarious. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask Jeeves changed to ask.com. It is actually included in the Google Search Partners Network. See, I know this. I yeah. like Ask Jeeves. I like the idea that there was like a British butler guy that was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> bring yeah, this bring information back. to me <laughs> yeah, exactly. in in well, a finally in a refined manner please yeah yeah with yeah, your exactly. top hat. the little plate the little t- little uh, plate on it with the little cloche over it yeah got your top hat and your split tail coat on and yeah, <laughs> yeah. and a monocle <laughs> the monopoly guy just <laughs> delivered the information to me um Dan, where I was going with that is is there a preference so is i, I mean google by far and away i think is now, correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody told me that the number two search engine is um, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yes, it depends on how you define search engine. But yes, largely, if you look at pure search traffic, you know, people typing a word in to get a result, uh, YouTube, which is owned by Google, right, is, is definitely number two. I think in terms of um, do you have a preference, I think in real estate – it is far and away Google, mm-hmm. right? In terms of purely, I mean, when we say that there's there's Google and there's Bing, Google is a few orders of magnitude ahead of Bing in terms of daily search volume, yeah. right? And so that is not to say that Bing is not a valuable uh, potential marketing channel. In fact, I have a client was looking at their account today He's running and has been running in Las Vegas uh, for several years now and has done many, many deals from Bing and not a single deal from Google, Mm. right? And why is that? I could not tell you, right? But it is the case occasionally that Bing was going to have some kind of advantage. And again, it largely comes from what are your competitors doing? If you're in a market, and just to be clear here, like Google, the way that Google ads work, and it's the same with Bing and with Facebook. They are essentially auction. And like any auction, the more demand there is for the thing at the auction, the higher the price of that thing will go, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm auctioning off the Mona Lisa, that price is going to be very high because lots of people want the Mona Lisa, value it very highly. If I auction a thing I drew today, I'm not going (laughs) to, the price is going to be very low. (laughs) You get 50 cents for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right. 50 cents would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I would take that in a heartbeat. So, in any case, in the, the way that kind of rolls out in terms of real estate is that if your given market is particularly competitive, mm-hmm. meaning that your competitors think they are going to get high value deals from Google, the price you pay for every click inside Google will go up, right? Just like it will go down as you get into more rural areas or areas where there's not as much competition. Now, the way that shakes out when you're looking at channel to channel is you might say like, well, 
Google's the best channel. It's got generally the best leads. It's got the most leads. That's where I want to be. But if all my competitors are flooding Google with marketing dollars, and therefore the cost of entry for me into Google is going to be quite high, I might actually get more ROI off a lower number of leads in Bing because there's less competition in Bing because of fewer people advertise there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I might get lower cost here. And this is where, you know, we were talking about, you know, you dig beneath the surface of anything and you find the complexity of everything. This is a basic game theoretical idea, right? It is not necessarily that Google is more expensive than Bing. The only reason that Google is more expensive than, than Bing is because the common knowledge is that Google is better than Bing. Yeah. But just because that is what everybody thinks doesn't actually mean that it's true. And so for our client, right, who's in Las Vegas, by far his best marketing channel is Bing. And if all his competitors knew that, it's very possible that they would all flood into Bing and the price in Bing would go up and the cost in Google would go down and then it would switch back to Google, right? So it's a little bit of a, it depends, you know, I'm a very big believer in saying it depends. If somebody says, how much money do I need to spend on online marketing? I say, it depends. Depends yeah. on your goal, depends on your risk tolerance, depends on your market, depends on, you know, a lot of things. And so that's a situation. So I do think that, you know, you can kind of think of the channels as this way. Google's the biggest one, by far the best close rate on most of these leads. Uh, for us, by far the most um, competitive cost per deal acquisition um, so Google is generally going to be it. And it is about 85% of our clients are doing Google and primarily Google, right? Yeah. In terms of search engines, um, Bing is generally going to be second just because it's, it operates most similarly to Google, has a roughly a similar cost for deal acquisition, just lower volume, less important. YouTube, which you can advertise on via Google, um, but through a different part of that interface, but it's within that same account that you would run your regular Google ads on, um, can be very cost effective. The problem with it is, and this is another good way of thinking about this space, when you go on Google and you type in like, I need to sell a house, mm -hmm. the only thing the advertiser knows, the real estate professional, the, the only thing that they know about that person is that they want to sell a house. Yeah. Right. It's they have house. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Right. And Google, Bing, these are all networks that are product. You know, they're they're defined by the intent of the searcher. Mm -hmm. YouTube is not necessarily like that. Yeah. If I'm typing in like sell a house or something into YouTube, the high likelihood is that I'm looking for information about it, but I might not be looking to actually do it. And so it's more of an interruptive platform. And so what tends to happen is people will turn into leads less often. Um, it's more of a, you know, and I, you know, there are people that will think differently than this. This is purely my opinion. I think in real estate, YouTube is predominantly a branding channel. Yes. You are there to About us. get your yeah. name in front mm -hmm. of people. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, Many that's probably a fair assumption. I think Facebook is similar, although Facebook sort of straddles the line between Google and YouTube. Facebook is more interruptive than Google is, but tends to historically have a much better lead flow than YouTube does. The issue that I tend to have with Facebook is not that it doesn't generate leads. In fact, it, it can generate many, many leads at a significantly lower lead cost than something like Google search. The problem tends to be that the lead is significantly lower in quality. Right. And so, again, th this comes down to what metric you are measuring. If you measure lead flow, like, let's say, per month, Facebook will almost always outperform Google. Mm -hmm. If you look at the cost per lead per month, Facebook will appear significantly cheaper than Google. Right. It is only when you look at the cost per deal acquisition. Yeah. That Google actually outperforms Facebook on average. The conversion rate, yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's so it uh, depends a lot on the kind of deal that you're doing, but yeah, that's generally the breakdown. That's going to be a great segue into uh, into the next question. So we're we're going to slip away, Dan, here from our sponsors real quick. When we come back, I want to ask you about uh, the the actual process and some best practices with uh, Google AdWords and some of the pay per click campaigns. 
We'll, uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Dan Barrett. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Find great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back in the studio with Dan Barrett. Dan is the founder of a company called AdWords Nerds. We're talking about uh, Google Ads and pay-per-click campaigns. And Dan, before we went to the break, before we heard from our our sponsorships, um, we were talking about, so, and you've been a wealth of information up front about what they are, uh, AdWord campaigns, and, and how you measure them and the platforms, you know, Google being some of the other systems that you use to implement that strategy. Can we talk a little bit about uh, maybe the process itself? So maybe, and, and pretend, you know, some of these listeners have not actually used AdWord campaigns before, pay, pay-per-click campaigns. Sure. How would they do that, you know, and, and what are some of the best practices for them as they enter that? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so we'll focus on Google Ads. Um, and the thing you can kind of think about is anything I'm going to tell you for Google Ads will also essentially apply to Bing Ads. Okay. Um, but YouTube, Facebook, that's kind of its own universe. Mm-hmm. So we'll just kind of focus on Google Ads. But I think that's fine because... Again, like for my money, if I was going to start tomorrow generating seller leads for my own business, I would do Google because I think it's the most straightforward, easiest to do, still going to be the best uh, deal acquisition source um, for most folks. So first thing you're going to do, you're going to sign up for Google Ads accounts free, ads.google.com, or you could do what I do, which is Google Google Ads account. And then, yeah, <laughs> fine, the first thing that pops up. Weird. Um, Weird. You can just yeah. do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They, they're sure. They're, they're always the first one. You're always going to see. Um, now, will you the, get will you get in trouble if you're if you ask Jeeves how to get to Google <laughs> yeah, AdWords account? Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, you're going to end up with your Ask Jeeves Ads account, and that might not work. Keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, so you end up in Google Ads, easy peasy. Now, a couple different things to know specifically about real estate, which is um, there was a, a lawsuit by the ACLU mm-hmm. that was like three or four or five years ago now about the uh, use of zip codes to target online ads regarding real estate. And so because of the sort of outcome of that lawsuit, and this is the case for Facebook as well. You mm-hmm. cannot target by zip code. Um, you could target by county or city or radius, Nielsen district, congressional district. I mean, sometimes neighborhood, um, but you can't do zip code. So just keep that in mind. But when you get into Google ads, you got a couple different big things to think about. First thing, just like I said, is where you're going to target. Yeah. And you can be pretty specific, right? You could do a one mile radius around your house if that's what you want to do. 
You could do the entire state, you can do the entire country, um, whatever you like. I would say that as a general principle, just to kind of keep in mind, the larger the geographical area, the easier it is. It doesn't mean the better it's going to be. It just means the easier it's going to be to do a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about. And that's because a lot of these systems now, Google particularly, have a lot of machine learning going on under the hood, right? And I, it is now often, a, lot, a lot of times I'll just call it AI because that mm -hmm. tends to be the language that we're using for this. But it basically means the more data you feed the machine, the smarter it gets. And so by targeting a larger geographical area or an area with a lot of people in it, what we're really saying is we're going to give the system a lot of data to work with, okay? So just as a general principle, target the largest area that makes sense for your business, right? So don't target an area that you don't want deals in just because it's going to make it easier for Google. Who cares, right? You want to focus on what's good for you. But hey, if you can include the state or the county or whatever, rather than just a city, it's going to make things a little bit easier. Okay, so we target any area we want. We can exclude areas that we don't want. We have a lot of control. All right, so that's step one where we want to target. Step two, we got to think of a budget. Uh -huh. And there's like one of the most common questions I'm going to get is like, how much do I need to spend? And I say like, you know, it's kind of like asking me, how much do you need to spend to buy a house? Yeah. It just depends on the house, yeah. right? What do you and want? So yeah. <laughs> exactly. What do you what do you want to? You know, I'm like, look, if you want to get a hundred deals a month, probably gonna have to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to test the market, test the channel, get a few deals here or there, don't need to spend that much at all. So I have what I call Barrett's rule. Barrett's rule is you budget what you can afford to lose for six months in a row, and the reason that I put it that way, it's not that I think you are going to lose money six months in a row. It's that the number one reason that people fail with this kind of marketing is they get knocked out of the game early. Yeah. So it's a very common kind of thought process to say like, well, what everybody, I mean, everybody says this. So like, well, I'll spend any amount if I know I'm making money. And I'm like, yes, I too will spend any amount if I know I'm going to make two times my investment. The problem is early on, you don't know what you're going to make on that. Mm -hmm. Right. So and you're so treating a, you're treating that investment early on like uh, as disposable income. Yeah. For exactly. for six and months, look, if you if can I, afford to lose a thousand dollars a month, and and you would will be willing to do that, let's put a thousand dollars a month into the process for six months, mm -hmm. and let's see what the results are. Mm -hmm. Yes, because the other thing is, you can start being unprofitable and get to profitable, provided you are giving it time and data. Yeah. And so if you spend $6,000 in the first month, because you have $6,000 total to spend, and you didn't set it up right or whatever, and then you lose that, you're out. Mm -hmm. But if I'm spending $1,000 first month, I'm like, oh, hey, I see my errors. I'm going to fix those. And now month two, I'm doing much better. I'm going to win. Right? So you always cap your downside in, in everything in life. This is no different. Right? Yeah. So we've got our location targeting, thinking about what our target market is going to be. We've got our budget now. And generally, I am pretty conservative. I think most of my clients tend to be more, more risk tolerant than I am. I'm not, I'm not particularly risk tolerant in my life. So we got that. So then now we're getting into actually building out our stuff. And any Google Ads campaign account strategy or whatever is going to fall somewhere on a spectrum, what I call the strategic spectrum. And you literally imagine like a line so in your head. And all the way on the left side of this spectrum, we have very high quality and very low quantity. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have very high quantity with very low quality. And I always say, like, imagine candy store. Walk into a candy store. Every candy store is basically going to have a couple different sections, but it more or less boils down to penny candies which cost a penny, but they're all going to be like Necco wafers and those like Werther originals and like the candies that your grandmother has and the, you know, like the ribbon candy that's like peppermint or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like the stuff the nobody likes. Candy. Butterscotches yeah. from the pocket. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but it's cheap. Yep. Right. And then on the other end, you got the king size Snickers bar, which costs five bucks, mm -hmm. but it's the king of candy bars. Right. 
Now, the exact same thing is going to happen inside Google Ads. There are a variety of different strategies, but they all fall somewhere on this spectrum. And so the number one thing we have to decide early is which one are we going for? And here is how I decide this. If you are a well-oiled machine, meaning that you answer the phone whenever someone calls, you have a follow-up process that is killer, maybe you got a CRM or like email automations or whatever, you got a you got an acquisitions team mm-hmm. that is, you know, I was I have a client this guy Nick Perry I, the guy who's got a room of his acquisitions people and he like keeps the temperature at like 60 degrees and they're all at standing desks and they're, I imagine them just pounding Red Bulls and, you know, hungry, 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 right? If you've got that as a setup and here's the important part, you have multiple exit strategies or multiple ways you can close a deal. So yeah. for example, you know, if you're a real estate investor, maybe you can wholesale or you can wholesale or you can, rent and hold, you know, you can buy and hold, you can uh, work with a realtor to put it on the market, you can whatever, right? You got a million different ways to close a deal. Generally, you're going to make more money on a strategy that preferences volume over quality, because you might be able to close on leads that other people might not be able to close on. Right. Okay. Now, on the flip side, if you're like, hey, it's just me, I'm new to this, you know, like, I don't uh, I'm only in the office Monday through Friday, and then I got to take off at 3 p.m. And, um, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have a super well-established follow-up system. Again, no judgment there. That would probably be where I would land more mm-hmm. than anything, right? Um, then you generally are going to want to preference high-quality leads over a high volume of leads. Right. All right. So we've got these two basic strategies, high-volume, low-quality and then we got high quality, low volume. All right. So keeping that in mind, the way we're going to build this is by thinking about a couple of different things. But the two big ones are going to be how we choose our keywords yeah. and how we bid. All right. So we'll start with keywords. Keywords are the targeting mechanism of Google. They are how you tell Google what you want. So when you go into a Google Ads account, it's going to say, like, what keywords do you want to target? And you might say something like, sell my house. Okay, so that's the keyword I want Google to target. And the idea is that when someone comes into Google and they type in, sell my house, I want my ad to show up. Right. All right, so that's what we're doing. However, there's another level of complexity there because there are different ways that Google interprets a keyword depending on how you enter it. And so you have three basic match types in Google. We won't, I won't like belabor the point, but (laughs) you have three match types in Google, exact, phrase, and broad. And basically you think of it like this. If I say exact match, sell my house, that means, hey, Google, I want to show up when someone types in sell my house. If they type in sell my hose or like sell my house fast or, uh, you know, I'm thinking about selling my house, I don't want to show up. I only want to show up when they type in sell my house. Phrase match sell my house means I want to type, I want to show up when they type in sell my house, but variations on it. sell my house fast, sell my house in Oklahoma, thinking about selling my house. That's all cool. As long as they say sell my house, I want to show up. And broad match is like saying, Hey Google, sell my house is a theme. It's a theme that I care about. So I want to show up when they type in sell my house. I also want to show up when they type in sell my house to a realtor. I also want to show up when they say Zillow. Yeah. I also want to show up when they say, you know, open door, because these are things that are involved with selling house. Mm-hmm. House appraisal, I want to show up. That's a broad match keyword. All right. So you can think of it like think of it like a dial. The more keywords we add, the broader we're starting to go, the closer to that high volume, low quality end of the spectrum that we're going. And similarly, as we go from exact to phrase to broad, we are also getting closer to the high volume, low quality end of the spectrum. Yeah. And so you got one exact match keyword in there that's really, really high focus. Okay. So it's going to be really low volume, but really high quality. You got 500 broad match keywords in there. That's going to be really high volume, 
probably pretty low quality because there's going to be a lot of variation. Right. All right. The final piece of the puzzle is how do you bid? Your bidding strategy. Remember I said Google Ads is an auction. Mm-hmm. Imagine we're going up, we're bidding on the, the piece of art. But in this case, the piece of art is a specific person typing in a specific thing, the, the seller. And we got to bid on that person's click. How much am I willing to pay for my website to be in front of this person and get the click? All right. And so what happens is every time someone searches, the auction fires off and Google handles all the thing and it looks at everybody's bids and it figures out who's on top using a variety of things, which we won't get into, but it ranks us and it puts us on the page and that person clicks wherever they click. Mm -hmm. And so understanding our bidding strategy is really critical because like an auction, the person on the top is going to pay their max bid. And then the person below that, let's say in the number two spot, what they pay is dependent on what the third person bid. Yeah. Right. Just like if you bid like, Let's say you bid $500 on the Mona Lisa and I bid $600. I don't, and I win. I don't end up paying $600. What I end up paying is more than you bid. So I end up paying like $501, right? So in any case, all this stuff is happening behind the scenes. And there's a couple different ways you can control that process. You can bid manually, which is you set the specific dollar amount that you are willing to bid for every single keyword in your thing. And so that's a lot of control that you are exerting over the prices you end up paying, what you're bidding on and so forth. The majority of people today are using AI to control their bids rather than letting themselves do. There's a couple different ways you could do that, but you could basically say, hey, Google, I want you to maximize the number of leads that I get, which is called maximize conversions. And what it's going to do is say, okay, you kind of imagine like you have an Android and you tell that Android, hey, Android, I want you to um, I want you to maximize the number of flowers my wife gets every day. Well, that robot has no limitation on what it's going to do. So it yeah. is going to go pull every flower out of your neighbor's flower yeah. bed and dump them on your wife. Right? There will be no flowers so, left, yes. <laughs> exactly. So Google's going to do the same thing. It's going to try to get every single lead possible, and it doesn't care How what much they it cost. cost. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Similarly, you could say, okay, well, hey, Google, I want you to maximize the number of clicks I get. Don't yeah. care about leads, only focus on clicks. The same thing. Or you can say, hey, Google, I want you to maximize the number of conversions I get, but I want you to try to make them average out to a cost per lead of over $100, $200, whatever it is. And then it's going to try to do that, right? So there's a whole variety of different bid strategies. Now, the way that this all kind of plays out is that manual bid strategies where you control them yourself work best with a smaller number of keywords that are more focused. And so manual bidding is more on that end of the $5 king size Snickers low volume, high quality kind of strategy. Right. Whereas maximized conversions, because it's a machine learning algorithm, needs a lot of data to work, tends to work best when you give it a really big market, a real a lot of broad match keywords, a lot of volume, a bigger budget. It tends to work best because then, hey, it's got a whole lot of data to optimize around. And generally, it's going to outperform a human in that situation. Right. And so you have all these pieces, right? It's like, what's the market? What's the budget? What's the competition? What's my keyword build? What are the match types I'm using? What are the bid strategies that I'm using? And you kind of build those pieces together to match your own risk tolerance and goal set. Mm-hmm. Right. Does it make more sense for me to try to generate a ton of leads, but they're going to be less, you know, the Necco wafers. Right. Or am I going to try to generate a few leads, but they're all going to be amazing. And that's really the question. And then over time, here's the final piece of it that I always throw out there because people need to understand this. It's not static. Yeah. It's a game, a game that people can enter or exit. The economy can go up or down Mm -hmm. depending on what's happening every single day. So just because something worked yesterday doesn't mean it works today. If I have a particular strategy and it's killing it, and then you enter my market and do the exact same thing, my strategy will become less effective because now we're competing. Head now on. everyone's doing the same thing. But I, right. but I exactly. assume as that's happening, you can change your strategy. You, right. you can exactly. go in and you can, you can move and, and uh, adjust 
uh, with those market, those changing markets. Exactly. You're watching this. You're watching your metrics, you're watching your statistics and saying, I see a change. Why is it changing? Because for one, it can change purely due to random chance. There's natural variation in any system, right? That stock market goes up or down. Most of the time doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So you have to be able to parse signal from noise. And then once you have parsed signal from noise in that data set, you then have to say, all right, well, what is my hypothesis on why this signal exists? And based on that hypothesis, how can I move it in the direction that best suits the goals of my client? Right. That is like the question that we're always asking. Right. So it is um, it's not a thing where I don't want to make it seem like hey, if you do this, you have to be glued to your monitor with, you know, like your eyes pried open and you can never look away. And it's not like that, right? Like for like most things, you're going to need a certain amount of data in order to make an informed decision anyway. So you can do this and check in on it once a week, once every other week. I think that's totally fine. I Sometimes I teach my coaching students, hey, if you don't have a huge budget, check it once a month yep. because you can overmanage it too. But I think the thing that I always want to impress on people is, and this is my number one red flag for all my marketing people. If anybody ever comes to you and says stuff like this, this is your permission to just politely back away and, and get out of the room. It's if someone comes to you and says, I have the strategy. Yeah, I that know everything. And it, yes. Well, and, and it's it's dependent. As you said, you may know uh, as, as much as, as anybody on the planet about the process and everything. But what you don't know is what is the current um, environment right, right. now. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's an ever changing. Um, the opportunity is ever changing, correct? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Just like if I, you know, if you, if you die, if I say, Hey, you know, I have a, a certain illness, I have a cancer diagnosis. You can't prescribe something to me unless you know a whole lot about me. Yeah. Right. Like, what do I weigh? How tall am I? Am I a yeah. man or a woman? Like, right, like all these things. Right? Where's the cancer so, at? It, like, exactly. That's probably a better question than the one I, than the, how much do you weigh? <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it all matters, right? And so my whole thing to people is I, I want people to let go of this idea that there's going to be one magical list of keywords or one magical strategy or, or whatever, because if there was, everyone would use it and it would stop working. Right. right? Instead, what we need to do is we need to come to these systems and really anything, real estate, any part of business world or this world that we're in and come to it with an understanding like the world is incredibly complex. And what we need to do is open ourselves up to sensing the world around us, like literally like interacting with our data or the people around us, or our community around us in a way where we're open to information coming in. Like the more ideas you bring to the table about this is the way the world works, the less open you are to the data that's telling you, hey, that stuff doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And that's how people get left behind and how they explode and how their businesses fall apart, right? Adaptability is the lesson that evolution teaches us. And so I just want people to go into things with that as their mindset. Like, show me the data, show me where things are going, show me how you think through this process. And from there, we'll find the strategy that works for us. And luckily, there's a lot more ways to do that than it seems, uh, than it might seem, right? There are a lot of ways to, uh, to, to reach your goals with this kind of market. Right. I, I'm not picking up. So. <laughs> Trainers give me hand signals. I, off. So, Dan, let me ask you a question. <laughs> with the clarity yeah. that you just provided in here, is, the one thing that is that I'm taking away from this is it's complex. Yeah. And you you need you need consulting mm-hmm. you you need somebody that uh, can kind of guide you through that process and that is part of the attraction for adwords nerds whenever we first looked at it uh, the program and, and got recommended to uh, to visit with you is that's exactly what you're designed to do. In fact, I'm looking at your website right now and there's a button on there that says get your free strategy session. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you would sit down and have a strategy session with somebody. Obviously, you do coaching. Um, you, you implement these strategies that you're talking about for people that are looking for leads out there. So that may be a good way for us to wrap up right now is let's talk just real briefly about AdWords nerds, um, how people could contact you if they want more information and, uh, and, and just, 
because I think there's something beneficial in what you said. Obviously, the strategy, um, uh, people that understand it are, are using it. People that think they understand it are trying to use it. But this would mm-hmm. shortcut that and work with a professional, which you, you clearly have some deep insight into this. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so AdwordsNerds.com, like you said, is the website. Strategy session is, you know, people sit down with someone on our team and we go through kind of like what I just talked about, you know, what are your goals? What are, what's your risk tolerance? And we literally lay out a strategy that we would do in their place. Um, We are not, I am not um, somebody that thinks there are any secrets in this business. I'm not shy about sharing what I know. I think it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's all built on the people that came before us. And so, you know, let's face it just to, Let's face it, just about the time that we all get it figured out and everybody has full knowledge of it, uh, Google's going to change it again anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah exactly. It does. Yeah, no, yeah. It, yeah. I gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just doing my best. But yeah, the, uh, you know, and people work with us. That's awesome. You know, like we do full service. We also do coaching. Like you said, I have a very uh, small coaching group that I work directly with every single week. Um, we set up their ads, you know, we kind of go over every week what you know, what's going on or build out their landing pages or whatever we need to do. It, it's really designed to be, you know, although I have like a course and videos that people can watch, it, I really believe that it's about reacting to the world as it truly is. So yeah. our model is we have this agency, we are constantly testing and improving and crunching huge amounts of data across the country. And then I teach what we learn in the coaching group. And so it's a really fun, you know, like I said, I was a, uh, I'm a certified teacher. That's what I, that's what I like. And uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And so, yeah, we have that. And then also we have a podcast. It's called the REI Marketing Nerds Podcast. People just want to hear me blather about this kind of stuff. I enjoy that quite a bit as well. Very good. Well, Dan, I assume a great way to contact you would be AdWordsNerds.com. Go to the Mm -hmm. website, AdWordsNerds.com. Um, both of those with an S on the end of them. Uh, look for mm-hmm. Dan Barrett. He's the founder of the company. D- Dan, thank you so much for yeah. joining us on the podcast show. This has been uh, been extremely enlightening and uh, very detailed. That was mm-hmm. a, a pretty thorough review, especially in the in the back half here about the process. So you clearly know this very well. I would encourage anybody to uh, to seek you out and and to uh, ask more questions. So. We well, appreciate- thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about this stuff at, at home anymore. So if you <laughs> ask me, I'm going to tell you. Uh, but yeah, I agree. this was amazing, guys. Thank you so much for having me. You yeah. bet. Well, thank you for being on. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode. We'll look forward to seeing you next time inside the sale ring. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.